was captivated by the idea and then by the reality that somehow man was going to travel through space, land on the moon, and then men were going to walk on the moon. It was incredible. It was spectacular. And when that day came, every American was captivated. Every American was filled with awe and wonder. But as with any amazing event, no matter how significant it may be, the wonder soon fades. The fascination soon dwindles. And the achievements of NASA's space program were no different. You know, we live in a day of technological, medical, and military advancements like the earth has never seen. But it just seems we take them for granted. It seems that we've lost something. It seems that we've lost something powerful. It seems that we've lost something that we need. What we've lost is the wonder of it all. 100 years ago, Keith Chesterton wrote, The world will never starve for want of wonders but only for the want of wonder. What does that mean? It means wonders are all around us, but it's the sense of wonder that's missing. It's the sense of wonder that I believe is most needed in our lives. So I pose this question to you this morning, this fine Christmas morning. Have we lost the wonder of Christmas? Think about it. Even at Christmas, even on Christmas morning, if we're not careful, we can become too stressed, too scrooged. Amen? We can become too concerned about counting dollars, counting calories, or counting presents that we miss the amazement of Christmas. Think about this. If we're not careful, we can reduce Christmas to no more than an elaborate fable. And in our effort to be politically correct, we'll write Jesus right out of the story. Think about it. If we're not careful, we will reduce this holy day to such a worldly day that those who never heard of Jesus wouldn't be able to get the message if they tried. You know, I've been guilty of saying, it just doesn't seem like Christmas. Has anybody else ever said that? It just don't seem like Christmas. But why doesn't it seem like Christmas? Is it because of the rat race and the obligations and the adult responsibilities we have? Is it because of the newness and the freshness wearing off? 
Is it because there is no amazement? There's no excitement about Christmas anymore? Has the light dimmed? Is the music fading? Why is it that it doesn't seem like Christmas? What is the problem? It is Christmas. This is Christmas morning. What's the problem? The problem's me. The problem's us. Today, I want to invite you to see Christmas through the eyes of a child. I want us to look at Christmas again, but to do it with freshness. To look at Christmas like you're hearing it for the first time. Have an amazement and an excitement about Christmas. I want us to see the lights. I want us to look at decorations with a fresh vision. I want us to hear the music, to hear the sounds, to, to hear the Christmas carols like you've just heard them for the first time. I pray that today you tell somebody the story of Jesus' birth and that you do it like they ain't never heard it before. That you do it with some excitement. One of the great privileges that I have as your pastor is I get a whole month to tell you the story of Jesus' birth. And I get to do it four weeks straight. I get to do it with CIA. I get to tell these kids whose eyes are wide open. They're so excited to hear this story about the birth of the Savior. I want you to do the same thing. Think of somebody right now that you want to remind about this amazing, wonderful thing that we call the birth of Jesus. This Christmas, I'm praying that your wonder will be awakened. If you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. These are verses that we've been in for the past two weeks. But I want you to, I want you to hear them freshly. I want you to hear them with freshness like, like you've never heard them before. And I'm going to do my best to read it with excitement, okay? So if I go over the top, you just say, Bill, you're going over the top. Yeah, I wouldn't go over the top. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Verse 8, Luke chapter 2, written by a physician, a doctor. Here's what Dr. Luke says. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel, the angel, a multitude, which implies thousands, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by these shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, for it was just as that was told them glorifying and praising God. I share that passage with you again because I believe that we need to consider the wonder of the very first Christmas. That first Christmas, it was wonder-filled. It was full of wonder. It was full of surprises. It was full of unexpected twists and turns. Let's consider Joseph for a second. Joseph chose to stay with a fiancé who was pregnant with a child who was not his. Who would have blamed him if he had divorced her? No one. Do you see the fascination in that? Does that sound strange to you? Does that sound somehow unnatural to you? Let's consider Mary, the fiancé. She's Pregnant, but get this, she's a virgin. Do you understand the magnitude of that statement? This woman was pregnant, had a child in her womb, but she had never had sexual relations. For real? Is that wonderful to you? And then Mary gave birth. Birth to a child. Of all the earthly events that can happen in your life, none of them is more wonder-filled than the birth of a child. The birth of a child is enough to make mature men weep uncontrollably, or in my brother's case, pass out completely. For those of you that don't know, when my second nephew was born, my brother, who is six foot four, 250, passed out, hit his eye on the tripod holding the IV pole, and took his first pictures with my second nephew with a black eye. I don't know if it was the wonder of the moment or something else. Anyway, birth is pretty incredible. And then there was the baby. The baby itself. See, the innocence of a newborn child touches our heart like nothing else can. A little innocent baby can make mature adults say the stupidest stuff. Oh, you 
so sweet. can make mature adults do the most unusual behaviors known to man. Man, I can make some of the sweetest faces at an innocent baby, amen? Then there were the angels. There were these angels who visited the shepherds. Think about this. Heavenly beings. Heavenly beings descend from heaven to mortal man, to make an announcement from God. What's that all about? Next, those shepherds, who we've already talked about, whose bank account was in their flock, drop everything. They drop everything to go to Bethlehem to see this baby born a virgin, lying in a manger, who is Christ the Lord. Get real, right? Could it really be? God says it is. Dr. Luke said it was. And then finally, we have God. The creator of the universe as we know it. The creator of this planet, of its atmosphere, the creator of every living creature, every plant, every animal, every human being who has lived, who is living, and who will live. That God. You know the one I'm talking about? Y'all know who I'm talking about? Amen. I hope you do. That God is now with us. He's with us. Does that blow your mind? No wonder the shepherds couldn't stop talking about him. It was such a wonder-filled moment. Luke says, now when they had seen him, they made widely known this thing which was told them concerning this child. The shepherds took over where the angels left off. And they started telling everybody about these wonders that they had experienced. Think about it if you were a shepherd that day. Wouldn't you have told everybody you know about the news of this Savior being born? If you were one of these shepherds, wouldn't you have told every one of your friends about meeting a thousand angels? Whoa, you better believe it. If you were one of these shepherds, wouldn't you have returned to your workplace glorifying and praising God for all the things that you had witnessed? Man, I'm telling you, it was just too fascinating. They were compelled to tell everybody. And how did the people they told respond? It's found in Luke 2.18. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. Now, I had to investigate this a little bit, and I investigated several other translations of the Bible to find out what they said. The shepherd said. In one other translation, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Another one said, all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Another translation said, and all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. All who heard it were astounded at what was told to them by the shepherds. And everybody was surprised to hear this story that the shepherds told them. 
And all who heard it, they wondered at the things which were told to them by their shepherds. And my personal favorite, all who heard it were filled with wonder at what the shepherds told them. For all those shepherds that witnessed this blessed event, their eyes were filled with light. Their jaw was dropped down to here. For real? You see, their silent night had been split wide open by the presence of God. The world of man had been invaded by the wonder of God. Things would never be the same again. It was wonderful and it was wonder-filled. So I ask you again, would you like to have your wonder awakened this Christmas? Maybe it needs to be reawakened this Christmas. Would you like to experience the wonder of it all? Would you like for your wonder to be reawakened? I'm telling you this. What happened to those first witnesses can happen to you. It can happen to you. Because friends, wonder begins in the presence of God. When you spend time in the presence of God, your wonder begins to build. The shepherds saw God. Yeah, they had been in the very presence of the King of Kings. The very presence of the Lord of Lords. Yeah, he was a helpless baby, but that was the incarnation of God. They had seen the light. They felt the glow. They heard the sounds. And the wonder of God had penetrated their innermost being. I don't know about you, but we need to see what they saw. We need to feel what they felt. We need to hear what they heard. The light, the sensations, the sounds, they need to permeate our hearts. How do we go about reviving this sense of wonder. Well, wonder begins by you spending time in the presence of God. Regardless of where you are, regardless of who you are, regardless of how old you are, wonder will be reawakened when you spend time in the presence of God. But not only will wonder begin in the presence of God, but wonder will lead to the worship of God. The shepherds saw, they heard, and they felt God. Can you imagine? They were in the very presence of God. And what did they do? The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard because it was just as they were told. You see, seeing the wonder of God led to the worship of God. Do you see why wonder is so important? Because it leads to your worship of God. They discovered God and then they delighted in God.
See, you can't come face to face with the wonder of God and not worship him. It's absolutely impossible. When you are in the presence and have the wonder of God, you're going to worship him. It's just what happens. So at Christmas, at Christmas, this Christmas morning, we meet the wonder of God again. But listen carefully. Listen carefully. You can't stay there. You can't stay there. Christmas is a great beginning. But at some point, you're going to have to get Jesus out of that manger and into your heart. At some point, Jesus is going to have to become real to you. Real enough to change your life. We have to go from thinking about this baby in a manger to thinking that he is God wrapped in human flesh. My goodness. We have to move from wonder to worship. We have to move from doubts and disbelief to trust and salvation in Christ. See, the story of this Christ child is so true. The story of this Christ child, it is absolutely amazing. But you got to go beyond being charmed by it. And listen carefully, you got to be changed by it. You got to see beyond the tradition of man and be transformed by the power of God. You got to move beyond just admiring a baby to adoring your Savior. See, you really, you can't understand Christmas until it brings you to your knees in worship. All right, Bill. So what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Well, I want you to begin by taking a deep breath with me. Ready? And I want you to close your eyes for a second. And I want you to remember what it was like when you were a child. And you came into your Christmas living room and your eyes were wide open. You were beyond ecstatic. You were so excited, so filled with wonder. You were taking in something greater and something more wonderful than you had ever seen before. Maybe it wasn't Christmas morning for you. But if it wasn't, what was it that was so great, so wonderful, that you took it in for the first time and you were awestruck by it? Was it seeing the ocean for the first time? I know last year, for the first time in 52 years, I saw the Rocky Mountains for the first time. I was awestruck and wonder-filled. Maybe for you, it was seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time in all of its majesty. Maybe it was witnessing a spectacular fireworks display 
Maybe. It was realizing that Jesus died for your sins and offers you forgiveness free of charge. You can look at me. In his book called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Dan Millman tells the story of a little girl named Sashi. Sashi was four years old when her baby brother was born. And almost immediately, little Sashi began to ask her parents if she could spend time alone with the baby. Well, the parents were more than a little bit concerned, thinking that maybe Sashi was jealous. Maybe she wanted to harm the baby in some way. So they said, no, no, you can't do that. But over time, Sashi wasn't showing any signs of jealousy. And so her parents decided that they would let Sashi have this private conference with her baby brother. Overjoyed, Sashi ran into the baby's room and shut the door. But there was still a crack. And so like all good parents do, they eavesdrop and they peek inside the crack and they listen to what was being said. And they saw little Sashi walk quietly up to her baby brother and put her mouth to his ear and say, Baby, tell me what God feels like. I'm starting to forget. Friends, Christmas should be the time that we snuggle up close to God. We see the light. We hear the sounds. We feel the impressions once again. It's the time to be reminded that God is with us. God is with us. And we celebrate Christmas so we won't forget the wonder of God. So does your wonder need to be awakened. Friend, I invite you to open your eyes and see the light. I invite you to open your heart and feel the emotions of God with you. I encourage you to open your mind and begin to understand how all these events unfolded. Why? Because God loves you. I invite you to open up your ears and hear God calling your name, wanting to give new life to your soul, wanting to give eternal life to your soul. The question is, how? Will you respond? I pray that this Christmas is different from last Christmas because your wonder has been awakened. Our Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for this glorious event that we celebrate as Christmas. 
And Lord, we just want to say thank you for loving your creation so much